0: We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for January 2nd, 2011. And continuing with the report here, the next article, or uh, little story here, is entitled, Beaten, Burned by Peace-Loving Muslims, Reverend Wilson Augustine of Pakistan. Uh, An evangelist is still recovering from burns after six young Muslim men beat him with clubs and belts and set him on fire last month in a village near the Punjab province city. The Christian told Compass, I guess Compass is the actual um, news reporting agency, area Christians said they found Reverend Wilson Augustine, 26 years old, unconscious, with burns on his head, hand, and arm on November 22nd near a bus stop on the outskirts of Sargodia. And I give you a picture of what he looks like. I mean, he's he's looking pretty rough. God bless him. But his face that looks like they tried to burn his face off, essentially. Uh, Christian elders of nearby villages said Augustine was distributing pamphlets and proclaiming Christ, Jesus Christ, door-to-door the previous day among Christian families of villages some 25 kilometers southeast of Sargodia. Pr- please pray for Welt, Reverend Wilson and for Christians in Pakistan, Punjab province. <clears throat> Next article, stoned in prison. An assault by Muslim inmates in Pakistan nearly killed a 19-year-old Christian incarcerated on false charges charges of blasphemy on October 29th. The father of Imran Mashish reported that his son was stoned in prison by Muslims yelling that he was a blasphemer, though Irman remains in the district hospital in very serious condition, he's expected to be released from hospital next week. Please pray for Christians in the Pakistan Punjab province. I just wanted to give a few of these just so you can understand this stuff's going on all the time with persecution of Christians, and it's primarily coming from Muslims. <clears throat> uh, next article. Churches torn down, members receive death threats in Zanzibar. Uh, <clears throat> Compass Direct News is reporting that radical Islamists are suspected in the demolition of two church buildings in Zanzibar. CDN said the Christian who requested anonymity said one Muslim was heard saying, quote, we have cleansed our area by destroying the two churches. And now we are on our mission to kill individual members of these two churches. We shall not allow the church to be built again. Please pray for Christians in Zanzibar, Tanzania. So... The reality is is when Muslims get to a certain level, there is no peaceful coexistence between Christians and Muslims. They can say that rhetoric garbage all day long in America. That's because they're a minority. But once they get to a certain level, their true fangs will start to come out, just like Catholics, just like any religious death cult that would gain power. Rarely are they ever going to be... Well, never will they ever be peaceful i mean if they're if they're a satanically inspired religion then when they get to a certain level you know they're going to start showing their true colors it's just the muslims seem to be the most aggressive of them all regarding that particular subject <clears throat> next article this is comforting muslim brotherhood group trains tsa officers Have you signed our Keep America Safe and Secure petition to Congress? i give you the link there. Plank number four of our ten-point appeal to Congress calls for the severing of official ties between our government and the Muslim Brotherhood-affiliated organizations. The human events story below provides just one more reason why that is necessary. In February, we want to take our petition to Congress with tens of thousands of names on it. Please click here to add your name. Now I'm going to get into the story right now. Muslim Brotherhood Front Group trains airport screeners. I mean, you talk about insanity. The Muslim Public Affairs Council has completed training for 2,200 TSA workers at Los Angeles International Airport, according to a press release found on their website which is my pack, M-P-A-C, which is Muslim Public Affairs Council. They're training TSA officers. Aren't they the reason that we have the TSA in the airports? Aren't the Muslims who supposedly are going to sneak in bombs and, and all this other stuff, aren't they the reason that we have the TSA there, and they're the ones training TSA? Again, it's, it's like um, total insanity. The MyPAC release notes that the two-month training course informed officers of, quote, the diversity of Muslims around the world, from cultural dress to language to tenets. The four trainers taught the the, uh, TSOs, TSAs, how to properly handle a Quran. So you have to handle it a certain way. You think they'd handle a Bible with any kind of reverence? Most likely not. But you have to handle the cursed devil Quran book a certain way. Okay, and discuss the different ways in which Muslim women and men choose to cover a dress. For example, the, um, they learn if a woman wears a hijab and needs, to, needs a secondary screening, she should be screened in a private area by a female TSA officer. Now they show a nun here getting screened by a... The judge report shocked the nation after this photo of a nun being patted down by a Muslim woman in head garb. Apparently non-Muslim women are afforded only public groping sessions. So if you're a non-Muslim woman, you get groped in public. okay? But if you're a Muslim, you get all kinds of special perks, because you're Muslim. Even though they're the reason that the TSA was supposedly created in the airports. In 1986, MYPAC was formed as a political action arm of one of the largest Wahhabi mosques in America the Islamic Center for Southern California. As the Center for Security's Policy Team B2 report, entitled "Shahara: the, the Threat to America, it notes, the founders of Islam, the Islamic Center for Southern California are Hassan Hathout and his brother, Mahar Hathout. The late Hassan Hathout was a senior member of the Muslim Brotherhood Movement. Hathout was also on the board of directors and a member of the American Muslim Council from 1993 to 1997. Um... This American Muslim Council was founded by the Al-Qaeda financer and Hamas operative Abdurman al-Muhadi, Mohadi, is currently serving 23 years in prison for funding terrorist groups, including Al-Qaeda. So, this is intricately related with this group that is training TSA officers. And, they're, the, and literally, you can go all the way back to this Um, Hamas operative who is currently serving 23 years in prison for funding terrorist groups, including al-Qaeda. Well, the Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Anything the Muslims would, would fund or start is corrupted. Okay? But, I mean, this is really bad when you've got, you know, this going on. Mayor Hothout served as the AMC Board of Directors at the same time Al-Hamadi was serving as the executive director. This Al-Hamadi is the one that's currently serving 23 years in prison for funding terrorist groups. Meher Houthout has publicly voiced his approval of designated terrorist organizations such as Hezbollah, decried many U.S. counterterrorism efforts, called for the destruction of Israel, and openly supported known terrorists such as Hassan al-Turbai and is the leader of the National Islamic Front of Sudan. Yet, the organization he founded my PAC, MPAC, which is the one that's training the TSA officers, enjoys a reputation in official US circles as a moderate Muslim organization and is the same one training TSA agents. Again, just total, absolute insanity. I just pray that, you know, their wickedness be exposed. But the the problem you end up running into is Americans by and large are so apathetic and so self centered that this type of stuff doesn't you know, phase them. They, they don't care, evidently. I, I, I'm not saying everyone. I'm just saying it seems like for the most part. There's just really not the, the type of public outcry that needs to be there. Um, it's And then it tends to be a very, very few that are, that are uh, saying anything about it, and probably even a much smaller percentage that are praying about it. Next article, The Joys of Muslim Women. This is by a lady named Noni Darwish. She writes, in the Muslim faith, a Muslim man can marry a child as young as one years old and have sexual intimacy with this child, consummating the marriage by age nine. Well, that's what Allah pretty much did. He married Aisha at six and cons- supposedly consummated the marriage at nine. I would imagine, that, you know, if the truth be told, he, I'm sure he consummated the marriage at six. I mean, come on. I mean, like, they have any kind of scruples? I mean, they can, they can literally marry or uh, are, are have those temporary marriages where they can come in. I, I got into where that Ayatollah devil Khomeini went into that man's house and had that temporary marriage he arranged to have with his little, I think she was a three-year-old daughter, and raped her the whole night and it, with an earshot of everybody there in the house. And this devil dad just let this devil slime bucket do this. Under his own roof to his own daughter. This is how demonically brainwashed and deluded and demon possessed these people are i'm not saying every one of them to that level but that's pretty bad it doesn't get a whole lot worse than that i can't i, I mean i just don't understand that i can't comprehend that <clears throat> going further it says the dowry is given to the family in exchange for a woman who becomes his slave and for the purchase of of the private parts of a woman to use her as his toy, even though a woman. Now this is this is written by a woman who's come out of the, the Islamic religion. <clears throat> even though a woman is abused, she cannot obtain a divorce. To prove rape, the woman must have four male witnesses. Now that's you know I've heard that many times. Four male witnesses, and then, like that's ever going to happen? Yeah, there just happened to be four male guys w- around watching the rape, and they were and they didn't do anything about it. You know, they were just kind of there, just happened to be observers of it. You know, come on, that, this, it's just not going to happen. Often after a woman has been raped, she has returned to her family, and the family must return the dowry. The family has the right to execute her at that point as an honor killing to restore the honor of the family. You know, if that's not the, one of the most sickest things you've ever heard, I, I just... So the woman gets raped... The Muslim woman gets raped, forcibly, and unless she has four witnesses, you know, they can return this woman back to the family, the family has to restore the dowry, and then they, they can kill the woman that was raped to restore honor. What a sick, twisted sense of, what kind of sick, twisted sense of honor is that? Poor thing got raped, and then you have to kill her to restore honor? Wow, I mean... You, it's so sickening, you, you can't even comprehend this stuff. Husbands can beat their wives at will, and the man does not have to say why he has beaten her. The husband is permitted to have four wives and a temporary wife for an hour, prostituted his, as his, at his discretion. The Shahara Muslim law controls the private as well as the public life of the women. In the Western world, in America, uh, Muslim men are starting to demand sharia law so the wife cannot obtain a divorce and he can have full and complete control of her. It is amazing and alarming how many of our sisters and daughters attending American universities are now marrying Muslim men and submitting themselves and their children unsuspectingly to sharia law. I cannot imagine an American woman wanting to marry a Muslim man. I I can't even comprehend that. I mean, if you ever watched that show, Not Without My Child, they took it off YouTube. Uh, You can't, I I don't know where you can go to even get, I think that the Muslims have done everything they can to suppress that movie. It had Sally Fields in it, and um, I mean, that was, I mean, I watched that a long time ago, I think even before I was saved, and I couldn't believe how horrific, I mean, the, the life that a Muslim woman would have to live, and it was based on a true story. And I went up to YouTube to try to find it, and I saw all these, they, they would show like just maybe clips of it, but not the whole movie. And all these Muslim men posting all of this really, really sick, perverted stuff in like the comment section, just goes to show the demons that possess them, how fired up they get when, they're, when the light of their evil, wicked religion and evil, wicked lifestyle is exposed See, Satan doesn't like to be exposed. Cockroaches don't like it when the light is shown on them. Now, that would apply to anybody that, that's a, that lives in abject evil. But this whole religion is abject evil, as far as I can see. So, yeah, I thought that that was rather tough. Rather t- they, they couldn't do a thing to to refute any of the movie. All they can really do is, is curse and go crazy and jump up and down and, and you know, threaten. They're really good at threatening. <clears> hmm. <throat> Going further, it says, By passing this on, enlightened American women may, have a, a, may avoid becoming a slave under Shahara law. Author and lecturer Noni Darwish says the goal of radical Islamists is to impose Shahara law on the world, ripping Western law and liberty in two. She recently authored the book, Cruel and Unusual Punishment, The Terrifying Global Implications of Islamic Law. You know God bless these women that come out of this stuff in, in in I mean I pray to God their souls be saved primarily. Okay? But God bless them these women that have come out and exposed this and and are fighting for this evil to be exposed to the world. Darwish was born in Cairo and spent her childhood in Egypt and Gaza before immigrating to America in 1978. And when she when she was eight years old, her father died while leading covert attacks on Israel. He was a high-ranking Egyptian military officer stationed with his family in Gaza. When he died, he was considered a Shahid or a martyr for jihad, when jihad means holy war, and that's what the Islamic religion commands. Uh, its followers, to wage on the Jews and on the Christians and on the non-believers. Jihad, holy war. The post human status earned Noni and her family an elevated position in Muslim society because her dad was considered a martyr for Allah. But Darwish developed a skeptical eye at an early age. She questioned her own Muslim culture and upbringing. She converted to Christianity after hearing a Christian preach on television. Oh, praise the Lord, I I didn't Saw that Uh, in her latest book, Darwish warns about the creeping shahara law. What is and what it means, and how it is manifested in Islamic countries for the West. She says radical Islamists are working to impose shahara on the world. If that happens, Western civilization will be destroyed. Westerners generally assume all religions encourage a respect for the dignity of each individual. Islamic law shahara teaches that non-Muslims should be subjugated or killed in this world. Exactly, it's exactly what I've been saying. And she proves it here, and I mean, I can give you the books, the quotes from the Quran to prove it. Peace and prosperity for one's children is not as important as assuring the Islamic law rules everywhere in the Middle East and eventually the world. While Westerners tend to think that all religions encourage some form of the Golden Rule, Shahara teaches two systems of ethics, one for Muslims and the other for non Muslims. Building on tribal practices of the 7th century, Shahara encourages the side of humanity that wants to take from and subjugate others. While Westerners tend to think in terms of religious people developing a personal understanding of and relationship with God, Shahara advocates executing people who ask difficult questions that could be interpreted as criticism. See, if you let this go to its logical conclusion, that's where you would end up. All the non-believers, anybody that would question Islam, is executed. That's that's how tolerant they are. There is no tolerance. Anything, any facade of tolerance that they would set forth is just that, a facade. It is a lie. It's hard to imagine that in this day and age, Islamic scholars agree that those who criticize Islam or choose to stop being a Muslim should be executed. Sadly, While talk of Islamic Reformation is common and even assumed by many in the West, such murmurings in the Middle East are silenced through intimidation. In, In other words, this whole thing about Islamic Reformation, meaning, oh, it's a religion of peace and this garbage, is just a lie. It's just being set out to... But see, their actions betray them. You know, all those actions I just cited, where I read off all those things, where they killed all those... I mean, actions speak louder than words, right? While Westerners are accustomed to an increase in religious tolerance over time, Darwish explains how the petrodollars are being used to grow an extremely intolerant form of political Islam in her native Egypt and elsewhere. In 22 years, in 20 years, there will be enough Muslim voters in the U.S. to elect the president by themselves. Now, I don't believe we have 20 years, okay? but if things were left to go to their logical conclusion. Islam is very patient. It's one thing you have to understand. Rest assured, if they could, they would do so. You can look at how they have taken over several towns in the USA. Dearborn, Michigan is just but one, and there are others. I think everyone in the U.S. should be required to read this, but with the ACLU, there's no way that this will be widely publicized. In other words, this report that I'm reading from, unless each of us sends it on. While America's getting rid of Christianity from all public sites and erasing God from the lives of children, the Muslims are playing in a great jihad, or holy war, on America. And when you look at this, think of your own daughters, granddaughters, and nieces. Now, again, they've got even more fuel for the fire about this great jihad on America. Uh, not only because we're non-believers, but because of what's going on in the Middle East, that we just documented, regarding our, our own, the own corporate war machine cartel over there. With KBR, and Halliburton, and the oil pipeline, and the poppy, and all this other garbage, and the depleted uranium, and all the war crimes that have been committed. So, I mean, you talk about fuel on the fire, they've got ample amount of reasons to want to kill us off. They had it before. So, there's going to come a time, and I don't know when it's going to be, and I, I think it might be this year, when that trigger gets pulled, because rest assured, the people, the people at the top of the Illuminati, Satan being at the very, very top of the pyramid, are in control of when, I would say, mass terrorism events go down. Now, I've said this in the past, but can you imagine if we had mass terrorist attacks, even on a global scale, happen? You had that in conjunction with the start of World War III, which would be likely, if you think about it, because most likely World War III is going to be a battle between Israel and the Middle East. I don't know if America will be behind Israel at that point. I don't know. It's hard to say. But most likely, that would be the triggering event for mass terrorism attacks. And then what if we had something like a big-time avion or swine flu, some type of pandemic that hit? And then also things like earthquakes, tidal wave. Who, know? Who knows what might go down? Mass UFO sightings. I mean, you, you could have so many different scenarios playing out at the same time, which would inflict and instill maximum shock value on the global populace at large, which is exactly what they want to do. They want to shock you to the point where you'll be willing to go along with anything because you'll be so traumatized. You'll be like, just, just make it go away. Just make it go away. Don't, don't, don't ever get to that point. Just pray the Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and you're able to get through whatever because don't fall for the lies. Now remember, God is the one sending the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned or receive not the love of the truth but had pleasure and unrighteousness according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And that's right around the same time of the falling away of the church and the Antichrist will be revealed. So that's the time that we're getting and moving into. Uh. I think between all the rhetoric over 2012, it's going to happen sometime between now and, you know, December 21st, 2012. They just put too much into the whole 2012 thing for me to think that nothing is going to happen between now and then. Again, I'm not a prophet. I'm just saying likely scenario, you know, uh, hope for the best, prepare for the worst type of thing. So, next article Afghanistan, the pedophilia capital of Asia. I wasn't aware of this information here. This is from News with Views. This is a very recent report. Jim Corey, December 23rd. This was written of 2010. When the U.S. officials, such as President Barack Obama, um, Hillary Clinton, Defense Secretary Robert Gates, discussed the war in Afghanistan and make claims of success in that fledgling democracy, one issue that is avoided is the widespread sexual intercourse between Afghani men and young boys. In non-diplomatic terms, Afghanistan is a haven for child rape. According to several American military officers just returning from the front lines on a global war on terrorism. Now isn't this nice? I mean, here we have one horrifically terrible story after another. That's all I can report on Islam. I'm sorry it is that way, but that's all I can offer you regarding this death cult. In a country that is considered overly repressive due to its adherence to the precepts contained in the Muslim religion's Quran, it is difficult for American service members and diplomats to understand the fact that a large portion of the Afghan male population are pedophiles, adults who enjoy sexual contact with prepubescent children, or pederists, adults who enjoy sexual relations with pubescent or post-pubescent uh, children. While Muslims in Iraq have on several occasions stoned homosexuals for their sexual activities, I mean, that's what I thought. I thought, you know, homosexuality is like a stonable offense. Okay, Not all Muslims believe pedophilia is actually a violation of Sharia law. Those who believe in the sacredness and infallibility of the Quran adhere to the teaching that women are subhuman and quasi-slaves... And therefore, Muslim men will look for relationships, even sexual relationships, with others of their own gender. Did you just hear what I just read? Let me read it again for you. The, the infallibility of the Quran, uh, those who believe in the and infallibility of the Quran to hear the teaching that women are subhuman and quasi-slaves. Now, regarding everything I've just reported about how they treat women, not just in this report, but in all the other ones. That really shouldn't surprise us. They believe and look at women as subhuman and quasi-slaves, and therefore, Muslim men will look for relationships, even sexual relationships, with others of their own gender. Man, that that is wicked. I mean, that is so sickening. It's it's almost incomprehensible. According to Reuters, there's a lot of homosexuality going on in Afghanistan, but those engaging in it don't think of themselves as gay. So that makes it okay since Islam officially disproves any gay and lesbian lifestyle. (laughs) Talk about wanting your cake and eating it too. Oh, it's not really, we're not really gay. How do they, how do they justify this? They regard themselves as non-gay because they don't quote, love the sex object. So Allah is then appeased and happy. So they don't really love the little boy they're sodomizing and raping. So that makes Allah happy. These are the men who avoid their wives as unclean. Apparently there is very little love of any kind in Afghanistan. Which explains a lot. I don't think there's very little love of any kind in the Islam, period. And if it is, it's some kind of twisted, warped, perverted form of quasi-pseudo-love. It's not real love. How could... There, there's... How could anything good emanate from this religion? Apparently, uh, hap, or, okay. according to Reuters, having a boy, quote, having a boy has become a custom for us. According to Una Yatula, a 42-year-old Baglan province person, told a Reuters reporter, he said, quote, whoever wants to show off should have a boy. Show off. I mean, is it like you bring a boy to a party, and he's like your boy toy, and you show him off to your other pedophile Muslim male buddies? I mean, that's the impression I got from reading that. That is really beyond sickening. I don't personally understand how a guy can look at another guy and want to be with him. Much less a grown man wanting to look at a little boy. I mean, you got to be so demonically possessed to get to go there. I think that's my personal opinion, but I really believe that. That I mean, how could you not be really demonically infested and want to engage and engage in something like that? I mean, there's got to be a high level of very not garden variety demons. I'm talking higher level. Demons, because there are different hierarchies of devils and demons. Sociologists and anthropologists say the problem results from a perverse interpretation of Islamic law. Oh, it's just they're interpreting Islamic law. No, you know what I think it is? I think it has everything to do with Islamic law. Because if the religion is demonically and, and, and satanically corrupted, and you participate in that religion, then you're going to become demonically and satanically corrupted. Because if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? according to Psalm 11, verse 3. Well, if if your religion that you're in is participating in this, then you're going to get demonically corrupted and deluded. And this would go for whether you're a Mormon, or a Seventh-day Adventist, or a Hebrew roots adherent, or a Catholic, or or a Buddhist monk, or a Taoist, or whatever. You are going to be, or a Freemason, that's another one too. That's a big one, in fact. You are going to become demonically infested and deluded if you stay in these types of satanic organizations, particularly the ones that have a spiritual emphasis like some false religion. Don't think you can stay in these these things and not have it affect you spiritually. And that would go also for being in some kind of lukewarm church. You stay in that lukewarm church week after week, month after month. Don't think it's not going to affect you. At bare minimum, it's going to make you lukewarm. It has to. It has to. We should never get to the point where we think we can do this type or participate in in uh, evil and think it's not going to affect us. It has to affect us on some level. I'm not saying if you if you unknowingly do something one time like you go to a, a church and you weren't aware of this or that or whatever. But if there's evil in that church and you stay in that church, if the head is sick, the whole body is going to get sick. It's a spiritual principle. It has to happen. So going further, <clears throat> sociologists and anthropologists say there are problem results from a perverse interpretation of Islamic law. Women are simply unapproachable. Afghans cannot talk to an unrelated woman until after proposing marriage. Before then, they can't even look at a woman, except perhaps at her feet. Otherwise, she is covered head to ankle, according to columnist Joel Brinkley, a professor of journalism at Stanford University, and a former Pulitzer Prize-winning foreign correspondent in the New York Times. In Kandahar, a city with a population of about 500,000, And in other towns, dance parties are popular, often a weekly pastime. Young boys dress up as females, wearing makeup and bells on their feet, and dance for a dozen or so leering, perverted, middle-aged men who throw money at them and then take them home. This is Islam. This is Islam. I love exposing this devil religion. I do. Because it is so wicked and so evil. I mean, it needs to be exposed. Is is it better that we don't expose it and we just cover it up and we don't even know there's even a problem to even pray about? I mean, this is beyond perverted. A recent State Department report called, quote, dancing boys a, quote, widespread culturally sanctioned form of male rape. Now, that's, that's a recent State Department report. I, we're not, this is common knowledge. It is a widespread, culturally sanctioned, cultural sanctioned form of male rape. You want to get somebody good and demon infested, get sodomized at the earliest possible age. That's what happens. It's well known in the occult, if you want to demon-infest a small child, you sodomize that child. And particularly the person sodomizing them, the more wicked they are, the more demonic transfer of devils and demons into that child. It's a, it's a well-known fact that most homosexuals were raped by a same-sex partner at an early age. And that is very sad. That is extremely sad. Okay, And it's not that I want all these people to go to hell Okay, but the fact remains, this is how they get demon-possessed. I pray to God, if it be possible, their souls be saved. But the Bible talks about in Romans 1 that God turned them over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are not convenient or proper, fitting or apt, which is what that word convenient means. Men burning after men, women burning after women, leaving the natural use of their bodies. If you want to read more about that, just read Romans 1. I'm sure that's something they would try to take out of the Bible if they, if the homosexuals and sodomites ever would. Romans one. Or at least the or at least the wording of Romans one. Maybe they try to change it into something else. Okay, let's go further here. If women dressed and behaved in such a way, okay, again, here's the hypocrisy. If women dressed and behaved in such a way, they would be punished by Muslim men. I mean that would be death. Pure death sentence. No doubt. Even after marriage, many men keep their boy lovers, according to former U.S. military personnel who served in Afghanistan. Whereas women are compelled to wear clothing that hides their faces and bodies, I mean, they literally believe, I mean, at the highest levels where you see them have the total face fails, they believe that any hair showing on their head or their face is like a dagger in Allah's eye. That's that's why they they dress up in those get-ups. A dagger. In Allah's eye. That's what they believe. That's how deluded they are. Going further, it says, um, okay, whereas women are compelled to wear clothing that hides their face and bodies, and if they, quote, sin by not doing so, they are stoned to death in accordance with with Islamic law. Sounds fair. You know, these, these men can rape little boys and have them their boy lovers, and they can do whatever they want. They can have four wives and have little child bride marriages and have one-hour temporary marriages where they can, you know, rape little girls. But if a woman does anything, even is outside of the house unescorted, um, or is perceived as whatever, she can be stoned to death. Or if she's raped, unless there's four male witnesses, they can take her out and stone her to death for being raped. And they, could, they can mutilate little girls' genitals. That's okay, though. That's all right. I just pray God expose this wickedness for what it is. I know there's a lot of wickedness that needs exposed. I know there is. I just pray that this happens. Because when God judges wickedness, good things always happen. Psalm 64 says, For God... Or, or some, I'm sorry, Psalm 64 talks about, but God will shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All men shall see them and see, see and fear and declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. See, when God judges wickedness and evil, good things always result. This is pure evil. And I pray God judges it. Now, I know there's a lot of things God needs to to judge in America as well. Not to say we're exempt in any way, shape, or form. And I shudder to think what's coming to America. And the Bible says judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. So, (laughs) um, probably going to get real ugly here when that starts happening. Going further, it says, uh, the same law also forbids homosexuality. But the pedophiles explain that it's not homosexuality since they aren't in love with their boy lovers. Only fulfilling, they're only fulfilling a bodily need. Paradoxically, the Taliban frown on sexual relations between men and boys and enforce Scheherah law to the letter. Are the followers of, of Islam who adopt a more liberal approach to practicing their religion perhaps responsible for widespread rape of male children in, in Afghanistan? And it's just like anything else. There's different flavors of Islam in the Middle East. There's different, kind of like, I don't know if you refer to them as a denomination, but there's different sects of Islam. Some would interpret maybe be more of a a liberal nature. Some would endorse this garbage that we're talking about. It's just like anywhere else when you have religions that are out there. Paradoxically, the Taliban frown on... Okay, I'm sorry, I just read that here. Uh, Why is there hesitation on the part of Obama-Clinton... Gates and others to discuss the widespread sexual assault of male children in Afghanistan. Could it be that the politically inc- it is politically incorrect to discuss any immoral and unlawful behavior on part of the Muslims? Well, see, Obama's a Muslim. He's just trying to protect his own. You know, he's not going to speak out against this. I mean, hit, hit, Hillary. She sounds like she's a a Muslim as well. I mean, she's she's reciting the. Uh, Various prayers out of Islam saying Allah is the greatest and this and this garbage, she's doing everything she can to protect them? Sounds like they're all Muslims to me. It is quite evident that the US politicians may bash Christians without fear of adverse effects on their political careers, but these same leaders will behave as if they're walking in eggshells to avoid any hint of criticizing Muslims. That's, I think, the thing that burns me up the most about this whole thing, is this tippy-toeing around of, oh, we can't say anything about the Muslims. They may get mad. I really don't care if they get mad. They need to be exposed for the devils that they are. Okay? And again, I pray those that can be saved would be saved, but the ones that are just pure evil and, and, and are bound for hell, I pray to God they'd be exposed in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, His angelic host, and through the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's just ridiculous that this is going on and, and there's not more public outcry about this stuff. Here's another article. Mass wedding ceremony held in Saudi Arabia. Pedophilia persists among Mohammedans. Mohammedans mean followers of Muhammad. Um, here's a quote from a guy. He's one of the imams. Is talking about baby brides. He says, you can have a marriage contract with even a one-year-old girl. And then that's what that one lady that we just talked about, the joys of Muslim women, she also said that. You can marry a one-year-old baby? That, I mean, again, we're talking some incomprehensible stuff here. But that's how sick this religion is. The Saudi Arabian town of Alith, 120, 112 miles south of Jeddah, reverberated with excitement, when 28 bridegrooms received their wedding certificates at a mass marriage ceremony held on Tuesday night, the governor of al congratulated the grooms as they ceremoniously received their certificates. The mass wedding process is a good trend as it cuts down on the cost of celebrations. It's kind of like buying in bulk. You know, they have a mass wedding ceremony, so it doesn't cost as much. Um, many of the brides were pubescent teenagers who had not even reached their 16th birthday. All of the weddings had been arranged with the groom, choosing his bride in the same manner that a chef would select a lamb chop. One of the grooms, Muhammad Hamid, who was 26, who is an imam at a local mosque, said he chose to get married this way as as it is uh, most wedding celebrations are, quote, cost prohibitive. Asked how he chose his bride, Hamid said my mother helped me selecting my wife Wife to be. After seeing the girl, my mother told me she is the best one for me and I should get married to her. I saw the girl and I gave the nod. Well, that, that's really true love. I mean, that's touching. It's a real hallmark moment there. Another groom, Abdul Aiz, said that he was worried whether he would get married at all as he was well over 30. When some of my relatives realized my affordability was in question, whatever that means, Aiz said they recommended a young girl to my mother. And finally, it was finalized after I saw her. So it's just based purely on, I imagine, lust. I, I can't really imagine another thing. You know, The mass wedding ceremony was sponsored by National Prawn Company, which is a huge fish farm along the Red Sea coast. The company also presented a cash gift to each groom. No mention of gifts was made for the brides. In Saudi Arabia, men are allowed to marry four women, to beat them and to divorce them by merely saying, I divorce you. So there you go. That's, that's another nice little report. Now here, this one ought to really... Now I have reported on this somewhat, but this goes into it in more depth. Um, it's entitled, Christians, Do You Know They're Putting Korans in the Church Pews Now? This weekend, Memorial Drive Presbyterian Church in Houston, along with Christian communities in Atlanta, Seattle, Detroit, will initiate a series of sermons that have been de- designed to produce an ecumenical reconciliation between Christianity and Islam. Now based on everything what we just talked about today, you think that's something we we really want to have? Do you think these pastors have really done their homework about Islam to really I don't really think they care. I think they've so sold out to Satan. Anybody that would even consider this, they have so I don't know, gone the way of Balaam or, or, or they're so far gone, you know, I don't think anything you could do anything to phase these people. If they would even consider having ecumenical reconciliation between Christianity and Islam. In addition, I mean, we're not supposed to be an equally yoked together with unbelievers, right? I mean, according to uh, you know 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says that we're not supposed to do that. Well, no, 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 that doesn't matter anymore. Because, see, we're moving toward the one world religion, right? So we've got to have a coming together of all the religions, not a splitting apart. So, you know, these wonderful churches are doing their part to make sure that happens. This is from the Last Crusade. It says... In addition to the sermons, the Sunday school lessons will center on the inspired teachings of the Prophet Muhammad. The Sunday school lessons. Qurans will be placed in the pews next to the Bibles. Now again, I know I reported on this a little bit times past but this is more in depth, what I'm talking about here. And then I'm looking at the sign. It's Beulah Cumberland Presbyterian Church. It says the first Islamic congregation baptisms in Salat al-Jumma. And it's Chrislamic. It's it's a it's a combination of Christians and Islam. Chrislamic. Do you believe how sickening this is? And this is Beulah Presbyterian Church. Then they got it. They, they have a they have a banner here which says Jesus is a Muslim. Big one too. The concept of chrislam, now embraced by such preachers as Rick Warren and Robert Shuler, appears to have emerged from a program on the meaning of, quote, love your neighbor at the Grace Fellowship Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Quote, in 2001, like most Americans, we were pretty awakened to the true Islamic presence in the world and in the United States. Evidently, he's referring to 9-11. Yeah, we were awakened to the Islamic presence over 9-11 says John Stahlsmith, the outreach minister at Grace Fellowship. He says, quote, Jesus said we should love our neighbors. We can't do that without having a relationship with them. Now see, the difference being is that when Jesus was here, he reproved sin, and his very presence reproved sin. And whenever he went to, whether it be the tax collectors or a prostitute or whoever, he never participated in their sin. He would go to them, yes, but he didn't try to look like them or act like them or participate in their sin in order to reach them, which is a big common plea for today. Hey, we gotta have Christian rock bands to reach the people that are coming out of rock and roll. Or we gotta have all these tattoos and piercings and we gotta smoke and we gotta look like a dirt bag in order to reach these people that look like that. That's what a lot of people do. I had a friend that, when I was in the charismatic church, I mean, he had, you know, he got to the point, I mean, I just, I cut off all ties with him, but he got to the point where he had piercings all over his body. Uh, I'm not sure if he got into the tattoos or not, but I mean, he looked like a total freak, okay? And he went right, I showed him all the stuff about the charismatic garbage that was going on, okay, And he went right back into it. And he's still into it this day. And and supposedly he's a missionary. And he even even emails me to try to solicit money to me so he can go on his mission trips. You know, and I mean, it's unbelievable. He got into homosexuality, cocaine. I mean, all this stuff. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Anything goes. Particularly in charismatic uh, movement. I'm sorry, but I mean, I've been there. I've been there. I've seen some wicked, wicked stuff. Okay, God kept me separated from it, but I was in it long enough to see some really, really wicked stuff. Don't mean that, that that I'm that I hate charismatics. I mean, I still have some that are my friends to this day. But you can't tell them a thing. You can't tell them anything. They know it all. You know. And I, you, you get to a point. What can you do other than pray for them? And I have blown a ton of time trying to reach them. Tons. Spent all kind of money making photocopies of things. Or sending them things. This and that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't ever seem to phase them. When I came out of the charismatic church, I had about uh, eight or nine, I think, people that came out with, with me. And I, I showed them a lot of things that was going on in the charismatic church at the time. And... Um, they saw it. They yielded to it. It was like, okay, obvious. We've been there, done it. We know this is going on. Within, I would say, one year to one and a half year, every one of them were back in it. Because it's so appealing to the flesh, I believe. I think that's what. And there's also a demonic stronghold. It's demonic. It's spiritual. Every one of them were back into it. So, again, you know, now we've got the supposed Christian church yoking up with Islam, the Chrislamic movement. What an abomination from the pit of hell. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 15 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? I mean, if if Islam isn't unrighteous, I don't know what is. And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord? Concord is like an agreement. What concord hath Christ with Belial? Belial meaning the devil. And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Stallsmith maintains that the reproachment between Muslims and Christians can be achieved by the fact that Jesus is mentioned 25 times in the Quran. So see, we have common ground because Jesus is mentioned in the Quran. Of course, it's not the same Jesus Christ of the Bible. Totally, totally, totally different. We're going to prove that. It, it, the, the Jesus that they believe is Jesus is an absolute blasphemous um, counterfeit. It's all it's what they believe. And then they, they show some pictures of, of an Islamic rally where it says, Islam will conquer Rome. And then another guy's holding up a little placard that says, Jesus is the slave of Allah. Lord Jesus Christ, rebuke these devils that would dare hold up and set forth such rank blasphemy as this. The Krizlam movement has gained... I mean, is it better that they just keep going in their wickedness and they get away with it? And they die in their sins and they rot and burn in hell? And then they get thrown in the lake of fire? Or would it be better that God judge them in this lifetime and rebuke them in this lifetime for the possibility that some of these people might actually get saved and get converted and spend eternity in heaven? Which, which is more merciful? The Khrislam movement has gained impetus by statements from President George W. Bush and that Christians, Jews, and Muslims all worship the same God, which is a lie from the pit of hell. We've proven that. And by Rick Warren's reference to Aisha, the Muslim name for Jesus, in his prayer at the inauguration of President Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah, he, he invoked the name of Aisha, which is the Islamic name for Jesus, which is this counterfeit Jesus that the Islam talks about. Do you know that the, is the Islam uh, Muslims believe that when the Imam Mahdi, which is their awaited savior, which is who Maitreya says he is, okay, who we've talked about many other times, Maitreya says he's the fifth Buddha, the Krishna, Jesus Christ of the... He says he's everything rolled in the one. But he also says he's Imam Mahdi. Imam Mahdi is the awaited savior of Islam. Now, Islam believes the only way Imam Mahdi is going to show up on the scene is through mass mass bloodshed, through mega death, if you will. That's how they believe their Savior is going to come. And guess who he's going to show up with? Jesus. They believe Jesus Christ is coming back with them. That's what they believe in their religion. That's what they teach. So they're expecting Jesus Christ to come back as well. Islam is. Did you know that? Now, I got a feeling that this is probably going to end up happening. Some ascended master, probably Maitreya, shows up with somebody looking just like the Jesus Christ and all those pictures that Rome gives us. All those Catholic pictures that I think Michelangelo first started. All these long-haired, really Adonis-looking pictures of Jesus that we see. That's not what Jesus Christ looks like. People are going to be so deceived and so deluded just off that one point alone. That's a picture of an ascended master. Did you know that? The Bible says, Does it, Doesn't nature therefore itself teacheth us that it is a shame for a man to have long hair? Well, why would these all these pictures have Jesus with real long hair, real, real good looking? The Bible says that there was nothing in him that, that we would desire him. Regarding his looks, the real Jesus of the Bible. I've done studies on this before, so I don't want to get into this again. But people are going to be so deceived and so deluded just from that one point alone. So many Christians are going to buy hook, line, and sinker when this false Jesus shows up in an ascended master form and points everybody to the Antichrist. Which maybe, Matre, maybe it's not. Okay, I'm not, you know, again, I'm, I'm not here to say I'm a prophet or something like that. I'm just saying it's a likely scenario. And if is not the one, then he's going to be pointing somebody to the Newcastle. I believe he's going to at least have a big part in it. Because this is the one the United Nations and the highest level New Agers are expecting to show up. I mean, even his, even his website's United Nations sponsored. And I, I, I would defy you to show me another Ascended Master out there who claims to be an Ascended Master that has a United Nations sponsored website. It's the one all the global organizations are pointing to. So, again, I think it's a very high, high likelihood, if nothing else, he's going to play a big time, big part-time in the end-time delusion. But that's who the Muslims are expecting to show up with. It'll be a false Jesus. But who better to unite all the religions? You know? You got a guy that looks like the uh, Jesus in all those pictures, taking over authority of the uh, Catholic Church. That's what they said he's going to do. He's going to be the one responsible for uniting all the religions with a Christian veneer or flavoring to them. And also uniting the Muslims and the Christians together. Hey, we're going to have a one world religion, right? One world currency, one world global government, one world political system, one world economic system. Got to happen some way. Probably going to come on the heels of all this trauma and traumatic events that happen. Probably going to come right after World War III after maximum trauma's been instilled in the populace, global population worldwide and people are just going to be like just make it go away, just make it go away. We'll do whatever it takes. Seems likely to me. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how how it plays out. The recent political developments and the fact that we're fighting two wars in Muslim countries should sharpen that need to know how to talk to these guys. That's what the Stallsmith, wonderful preacher, says. He says, quote, we want to find peace and reconciliation around a scriptural understanding of Jesus. There is no peace and reconciliation if you try to use the Quran in the Bible to have a scriptural understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Because the Jesus of the Quran is something, is is a counterfeit blasphemous Jesus. It is not the Jesus Christ of the Bible. And if he had any sense or brain in his head, he would be able to figure that out. He needs to be rebuked. The Bible says, rebuke such an one sharply, that they may may be found sound in the faith. These people need to be rebuked sharply. Jesus is in the Quran, is neither the only begotten Son of God nor the Messiah who was divinely appointed to restore the house of David. He is rather viewed as a prophet who was appointed by Allah to prepare mankind for the coming of Muhammad. Exactly. Exactly. Even Maitreya says that that's what he is. He is a subservient, lesser, in fact the least of all the ascended masters, is how he is referred to in New Age circles, the Jesus Christ, the Ascended Master, Jesus Christ. Even They won't even give Jesus Christ the credit for what happened at the cross. They literally say, New Age teachings teach, that Maitreya was the one that overshadowed Jesus Christ the last three and a half years of his ministry, and was the one that enabled him to do all of his miracles in, in the last three and a half years of his ministry. He didn't do any of that. I mean, this is some blasphemous stuff here. But I'm trying to tie it all together for you so that if, you know, you don't hear me again or if they take me off or whatever, well, at least you'll have an understanding. When things start to go down, you'll be able to hearken back to this and think, hey, yeah, I heard that before. You know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want any of my listeners to be deceived. That's why I'm here, because I was deceived at one point about a lot of these issues. It's not good to be deceived. The Bible says my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4, 6. Not good to walk. Ignorance is not bliss. The Bible says if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The secular world wants to just quote the last part of that verse. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The secular world can't give you the truth. What is the truth? The Bible says it's clear. Thy word is truth. The King James Bible in the English speaking language is truth. Okay? So that's the truth. That's the anvil. That's the standard by which we judge what is truth. Okay? If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Jesus Christ said this. And then you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So it's predicated on continuing in his word. So I always point people back to the word of God. Prayer. Fasting, staying right with the Lord, memorizing Scripture. Don't follow me. I'm just a man. Okay. Don't follow. I don't say. Don't follow any man. It's from from what I can see, people following man is what gets people in most pro, or women nowadays, particularly with all these women we'll cult leaders and ministers and whatever they want to call themselves. Reverend, love that one. Reverend is only used in the Bible one time. That word. And the Bible refers to God as holy and reverend as he. How dare man take a title reverend? You're not reverend. For we are all together as an unclean thing and all our righteousness are as filthy rags according to Isaiah 64. That's what we are in God's eyes apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not reverend. It's a totally unbiblical term. Totally unbiblical term. I did a... About a twenty-minute study on that, where I I proved it. God is reverent. God is to be reverenced. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. He is the Lord of Glory. He is the God of Gods. That is who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Father God, praise the Lord Jesus Christ for that. No man should take any of those titles. God will not share His glory with anyone. We have no right to be doing that. That is irreverent, as far as I'm concerned, to take any of those titles. Irreverent. The the opposite of reverence. So, going further, and again, um, Jesus in the Quran is neither the only begotten Son of God nor the Messiah who was divinely appointed to restore the house of David. He is rather viewed as a prophet who was appointed by Allah to prepare mankind for the coming of Muhammad. I I read that over again. Just want to reiterate that. In the Quran, Jesus neither suffers nor dies on the cross, but is rather raised alive into heaven. You hear that? Let me read this to you. This is from the Quran. They, uh, Surah 4, 157 158, That they said in boast, quote, we killed Christ, Jesus, the son of Mary, the messenger of God. But they killed him not, nor crucified him. That's what the Quran teaches. That Jesus Christ was never killed, nor even crucified. And then it goes on to say, but so it was made to appear to them. For of a surety they killed him not, end of quote. These are some lying blasphemers. That would teach this garbage. This is the same thing, Holy Blood, Holy Grail teaches, or bloodline of Jesus. All this New Age garbage, this Merovingian bloodline, and all these things that the History Channel and those that have put on, and the Da Vinci Code, where Jesus supposedly never was crucified. One of the big lies that is supposedly going to come out in the end times to prove. To disprove the deity of Jesus Christ that He never was crucified to pay your sin debt. Well, then we're all on our way to hell, I guess. That's what they want you to think. They want to destroy and undermine your faith in the Word of God. Don't let them do it. Build your rock on the solid. Build your house on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. And when the winds come and the waves come and crash down, you're not going to be moved. But that's what they want to do. In fact, I've done studies on all that holy blood, um, holy that holy grail thing. Um, the bloodline of Jesus. There, there was several different studies I did quite a while back to debunk and disprove all of that garbage where they were questioning the deity of Jesus Christ. What they're teaching is that Jesus Christ was never crucified. He was whisked off the cross if he even made it there. He went and he married Mary Magdalene and they went and they migrated up into, like I believe, Scotland into the uh, European and then they had their own lineage, they had their own um, uh, bloodline, their own children, and this is where we get one of the 13 families of the Illuminati, the Merovingian bloodline, which is where they say they come from, which is where supposedly almost all the kings and queens of the European nations have this bloodline in their lineage. That's what they teach, and that's that's one of the things they've been trying to shove down our throats ever since Holy Blood, Holy Grail, that book came out, I believe, in the 80s. And it's going to be one more tool of Satan, and is one more tool of Satan, to try to deceive the masses regarding Jesus Christ. Uh, The victim at Calvary, Islam teaches, was, was either Simon of Cyrene or Judas Iscariot. That's what Islam teaches. The Quran mentions that Jesus was born... Of uh, was born of the Virgin Maryam, not by an immaculate conception, but rather of the will of Allah. Oh man, I tell you, this just is so blasphemous. And I'm going to read you, Surah 5.17 says, In blasphemy indeed are those that say God is Christ, the Son of Mary. That's what Surah 5.17 says. In blasphemy indeed are those that say God is Christ, the Son of Mary. Belief in the divinity of Jesus is condemned in Islam as shirk. You know what that mean? That word means? Filth. That's what Islam thinks about Jesus Christ. There is no common ground between Islam and true Bible-believing Christianity. Choose whom this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what I say to that. Next article. Mosques now sprout up like mushrooms in Houston. The number of mosques throughout America has surged 57% over the last 10 years, from 1209 to 1897. According to a Pew Forum on Religious and Public Life, these statistics are incomplete since they do not include the back rooms of Islamic stores, restaurants, warehouses that have been converted into mosques and second-floor mazajids that are not listed in telephone books. So who knows what the true numbers are, in other words. Excuse me. The growth of Islam in this country can best be evidenced by the construction of mosques throughout the greater Houston area. A country, a community in Katy, is pushing forward its long-awaited plan to develop 10 million, a $10 million mosque, community center, and school, and a group in spring is working on a $10 million expansion at a recently built $2.5 million mosque. Most people from Texas have a backbone. I'm surprised they let this go on. I don't know, I mean, I'm not coming down people from Texas, I'm just saying, I'm just really surprised they would just sit back and let this garbage go down. When completed, these facilities will rival five-star hotels with indoor basketball gyms, swimming pools, marble floors, and state of the art kitchens with granite countertops. Other plans on the drawing board for Houston include an Islamic center on 10 acres in Peerland, which is a town, and a development will total more than one point one million in the first phase of its construction. The total cost of this project is expected to exceed twelve million. All most likely coming, this money is is most likely being generated from all the oil from the Middle East, at least in part. New Islamic centers are also in the works for Chinco Ranch area. And again, we've got all the oil in the world we would ever possibly want. Just listen to Lindsay Williams and he gets into that uh, oil field that they've, they've suppressed up in Alaska, and there's other oil fields, even in America, continental USA, we've got tons of oil we could tap into. We just don't do it. We just don't do it. We want to be create this crisis where we're dependent supposedly on Middle East oil, even though we have the technology now to have cars that don't even require oil. Zero point energy, whatever you want to call it. We've got that technology. It's just been totally suppressed. Anybody that dares come out with it, they're either killed or bought off. That guy that invented that car that ran on water, he was killed. I mean, there's a whole body bag list of people that have been killed. They've developed, I mean, our carburetor that can run like 300 miles of the gallon or whatever... All of this stuff is totally suppressed so that we will have this false dependency on Middle Eastern oil. So we give them our money, they hate our guts beyond belief. They want to kill us because of all the stuff we've done over there. Not only that, because we're infidels in their eyes. Do you see the problem and the crisis that, that, that our own government has created, all by design, and that is brewing? And all of it's so totally unnecessary. But see, since Satan is the one that's orchestrating all of this, he's going to, you know, it shouldn't surprise us that this is going on. So, going further... Uh, the Merrim Islamic Center New Territory in Sugarland, presently accommodates 1,300 men and women for prayer services, significantly more than the number of Muslim worshippers at the Islamic Center of America in Dearborn, Michigan, which remains the nation's largest mosque. That's the town they've basically taken over. The house of worship is bursting at the seams and also intends to increase its size of its facilities. Now, I put a little note here, mass witchcraft. What do you mean? What I mean is that when you have people going and worshipping the false devil, moon god, Allah, isn't that witchcraft? I mean, what do witches do when they go and they get together in their little COVID meetings and they pray and they do incantations and they... Well, they're invoking devils and demons to do their bidding. This is what is happening when you let a, a false religion come in. Now, I'm not saying it's any different for the Muslims or the Jehovah Witnesses or whatever. But I'm saying that Islam tends to be the most aggressive of the bunch. Okay, Freemasons, is the same thing. This is mass witchcraft. When you have thousands of people congregating, whether it's hundreds, thousands, or whatever, and they're praying to a fallen angel, and they're invoking this fallen angel, isn't that mass witchcraft? And their prayers, from an occult standpoint, have power. That's why they're doing it. And they know that the more they're on their knees praying to their devil god, Allah, the moon god, and they go unchecked, the farther their agenda is going to advance. From a witchcraft standpoint, that's what happens. This is why we should try to be praying against this wickedness and this evil, because it is witchcraft, which is absolutely, totally condemned in the Bible. And witchcraft is going to be the coming essence of the one world religion. I'm not saying it's going to be like Witchcraft 101, but the coming essence of the one world religion will be witchcraft. And I've I've said that many times. Clear Lake Islamic Center, which opened in September of 2009, will double its size to 20,000 square feet, with a planned expansion to include a fitness center and a larger community hall. We were running out of space, basically said Ibram Esger, administrator of the year-old center. The actual number of Muslims residing in Houston remains anyone's guess, since census takers are prohibited from asking questions about religious beliefs. A conservative estimate of 320,000 comes from Aisha Khan of the Spring Islam Examiner. This figure conforms with claims um, of MJ Khan, a Muslim who serves as a uh, Houston city councilman by comparison the Jewish population of the greater Houston area is 42,000. So a conservative estimate of 320,000. Uh, that's a lot of people. Muslim community leaders are quick to state that the community plans for new facilities are a response to demand and not an attempt to conquer land in the name of Islam. Oh no, they would never think such a thing. Oh, perish the thought. Their intentions are pure as the driven snow. Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm-like. I mean, no, they would never do anything evil or wicked or want to impose their devil, wicked, evil religion on us, Americans, in any way, shape, or form. You can trust them. I mean, come on. I mean, all the stuff I just went over today's teaching and all the other teachings i have talked about Islam, Don't we? I mean, can't we draw at least one conclusion that we can trust Islam? I mean, they're trustworthy, right? Come on. Why can't we all just get along? Islam, you know, Islam, it's the way to go. Obviously, I'm being as sarcastic as I can possibly be, but I mean, this is the reality of things. And then he goes on to say, we're all Americans, Dr. As is. See, this is just devil rhetoric that they, they're just saying whatever they know that us Americans want to hear. We're all Americans. And then he says, we're not taking anything over. You liar. You liar from the pit of hell. That's what's in the Quran. The Quran commands you to wage jihad. And because of all the other things that I've mentioned, I mean, you think that the hatred doesn't run real deep. You're sadly mistaken. Anyway, that's the end of part two. I'll go ahead and go to part three next. May the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.